Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. We have seen some things happen. We saw Babylon fall, this whole system of this world, the world system, if I could say that, including the Antichrist system, the one world government and such. In the last chapter, chapter 19, we saw the beast, the Antichrist, and the false prophet cast alive into the lake of fire. And so here's what it says here. Oh, and all the armies that came to war against Jesus, the Lamb, and against his saints, us, and the angelic armies, all of those soldiers of the army were judged and killed. So it says here in chapter 20 now, verse 1, Then I saw, John speaking, of course, Then I saw an angel, and the word then, by the way, or and, kai, that Greek word kai, is uh, usually a connecting word like then or and then. And so it seems to, uh, that to me that chapter 19 and then chapter 20, these uh, are chronological. In other words, chapter 20 follows chapter 19. And it's not an excursus, as we said, which sort of overlays or brings light to other parts of Revelation. But this is sequential here from my uh, understanding and interpretation. Verse 20, or excuse me, verse 1, chapter 20. Then I saw an angel coming down. In other words, immediately after the battle of Armageddon, immediately after the beast and the false prophet were thrown in the lake of fire, after all the armies of the beast and the false prophet of the Antichrist were killed, then I saw an angel coming down from heaven having the key to the bottomless pit. The Greek word for bottomless pit is the abyss. The abyss. Do you remember the demon said to Jesus, don't, don't throw us into the abyss, right? So this is like the holding place. This is the holding place for the demonic and such. And so I saw an angel coming down from heaven having the key to the abyss, the bottomless pit, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon. Well, uh, the Lord's already taken care of the Antichrist and the false prophet, so it makes sense that now he's going to go after Satan himself, who gave power and authority and position to the Antichrist and the false prophet. He laid hold of the dragon, this angel did, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan. I mean, just nails exactly who this dragon is. This dragon, the serpent of old, that takes you all the way back to the Garden of Eden when the serpent deceived Eve who is the devil and Satan. Now watch this. And this angel bound him for a thousand years. This is the thousand year millennial reign of Christ. And he cast him into the bottomless pit, into the abyss, and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. So now we're going to have a thousand years without, of course, the Antichrist. You'll never see the Antichrist and the beast, uh, excuse me, and the false prophet again. They've been cast forever and ever in the lake of fire, and the Bible says in their smoke ascends forever and ever. Okay, but now the dragon, Satan, is bound for a thousand years. It says, but after these 
things, he must be released for a little while. So after the thousand years, he'll be released for a little while. We'll see that. Verse 4, and I saw thrones, and they sat on them. It doesn't really get specific who exactly sat on them, because he talked about the, the 24 thrones around the throne of God before, but he doesn't specifically say 24 here. He just says, and I saw thrones, and they sat on them. Excuse me. It seems to me like these are not limited to the 24 that he has been talking about throughout the book of Revelation. But these are new thrones. In other words, these are positions of authority on the earth that certain saints among us, among the believers of God, who have been redeemed, who have been raptured, who have been changed, who have come back with him, that now in his thousand years of ruling on the earth, he is going to give position. Do you remember in the in Luke's gospel, it gives the story of the 10 servants who were each given one mina, and one servant took the one mina and traded with it. And when his master came back, he said, look, you gave me one mina. Now I've made 10. He said, oh, put him over 10 cities. And so it seems to me that this is what's happening here, that God is giving each of us positions. God is giving each of us responsibilities. And there are some that have thrones. They have positions. See, in the army or in, excuse me, the government of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because now, as Isaiah 9 says, the government will rest upon his shoulders. Well, since he came and, you know, all authority has been given to me, he said, in heaven and on earth. But he hasn't fully exercised that authority until now. Now, the devil, the beast, you know, the Antichrist, the false prophet, the devil are eliminated out of the way. And now he comes down and he's setting up his government and he's giving position. And based on how we uh, served him and how faithful we were to him, that is what level he can trust us at, uh, at uh, in the millennial reign of Christ. Oh, let's be found worthy to be trusted greatly, not for self-esteem, but to honor him. All right, so it goes on to say here uh, in verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness. This is a very specific group of people, a minority of all the saints. The souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image. So these are people specifically, not of all time, but specifically in the tribulation period, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. It's, it's almost as if they have special status with the Lord because of what they've gone through. And you remember Jesus said, rejoice if men persecute you and say all, mean, uh, all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. How much more these who were under such oppression by the Antichrist in the tribulation period and they would not deny Jesus all the way to beheading. And uh, no wonder there's room for rejoicing because that now they're given some kind of a special status with the Lord to rule and reign right there with him. Maybe they're right there in Jerusalem with him. 
uh, reigning and ruling next to him. We don't have all the details to it, but there's obviously spe- a special category for them that is now being uh, disclosed. And so it says uh, that they lived and reigned with him for a thousand years, but the rest, verse 5, but the rest of the dead, now watch this, but the rest of the dead, in other words, it had just explained all those who uh, were saints with the Lord, all those who were seated in positions and such, and those specific martyrs, this small category, it said, but the rest of the dead. What does that mean? Those who were not raptured, those who do not have life, they had not received the Lord Jesus Christ. They're all the dead, the wicked dead. But the rest of the dead did not ha- did not live again until the thousand years were finished. In other words, they just stay in the ground. Their bodies just stay in the ground. And their souls, by the way, stay in Hades, uh, as we mentioned last chapter, like the rich man in Luke chapter 16 that Jesus talked about. There's, their souls are in uh, Hades, in the heart of the earth, but their bodies just stay in the ground. There's, they, they're not resurrected yet. Now watch this. This is the first resurrection. Which one? The one where the believers are resurrected. The dead in Christ rise first. They were in the ground. Their bodies were resurrected, reunited with their spirits and souls. And they have immortality now. They, they have bodies of incorruption, not decaying, not aging and such. We who were raptured, you know, uh, Paul said, the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain until the rapture of the church, will be caught up. So all this happens. That's the first resurrection, the first resurrection. And so he says here, and let me find it again. He says, uh, I saw the thrones, they sat on them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded. And then coming down to verse 5, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Verse 6, blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such, the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So you're blessed if you're part of the first resurrection because the second death does not have power over you. And in this chapter, we'll explain what the second death is, or I should say God will. Okay, now, verse 7. Now, when the thousand years have expired, so it doesn't give a lot of detail of what's going to happen during the thousand years here. When the thousand years have expired, Satan will, let me just pause right there. There are other prophetic passages that do that we won't take time for, but just to give you a few, the Bible says you're, you're, swords will be beat into plowshares. It says the lion will lay down with the lamb and the the young child with the cobra will play with the cobra. In other words, it's going to be a whole new world in when Jesus reigns. And all this stuff that's been happening and the war and the, the fear and such all, it's going to be a whole new world when Jesus Okay, here we go. Now, when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations. Now, hold on. Who are the nations? Somebody said, I thought everybody was killed. No, no. In the seven bowls and in the final battle, the battle of Armageddon or the war of Armageddon, the 
Antichrist and the false prophet are captured and they're thrown alive into the lake of fire. And all the armies that were with them coming against Jesus and his saints, they're all killed. But there are people around the world who were not part of the armies, who were not actively participating in the battle that survived the tribulation period. And these people, you can imagine, over a thousand years, you can imagine how the earth begins to be repopulated. And who knows how large it will become. But under the rulership of Jesus, there's tremendous peace. Peace like has not been since the Garden of Eden. And so it says that when Satan is released after the thousand years, he goes out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to the battle whose number is as the sand of the sea. In other words, the population has exploded again in the earth. Now you're wondering, why would anybody listen to the devil? Well, here's why. Because them still being human beings and them still having sinful flesh, having not their bodies not been redeemed like we have, incorruptible and immortal bodies at that point, they'll still have the kind of bodies we have right now, and they'll be susceptible. And when Satan comes, you're going to find out who of those people in the millennial period genuinely, genuinely love the Lord, genuinely want to serve Christ, and those who, oh, they, you know, they pledged their allegiance to the Lord, but it wasn't really from the heart. And when Satan came and threw out some deception, they bought into it. And so, just like today, there are some, Jesus said in Matthew 7, 21, uh, that in the last days, he said, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, uh, haven't we prophesied in your name? He said, but I'll say, depart from me. You who practice lawlessness, I never knew you. And so there are some who can say, you know, uh, speak with their mouths, but their hearts are not with the Lord. Oh, may our hearts be with the Lord. And so Satan goes out to the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle. Here's the last and final battle at the end of the thousand years. To battle whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up uh, on the breath of the earth. So think about this. These people in the millennial period have another opportunity. They survived the tribulation. They have yet another opportunity to make Jesus Lord and to not be deceived by the devil. But those who are deceived, they were gathered together to battle. Verse 9, they went up on the breath of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. This is without question Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where Jesus will rule the earth from during the thousand years. Watch this. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Just like that. All these people that were deceived by the devil and came against the holy city, against the saints, against Jesus, God devours them with fire. Verse 10, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they, who's they? Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Watch this. Then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. I mean, 
the one sitting on this throne, well, it's God, certainly, and likely Jesus himself sitting on this throne of judgment because he said the Father has committed judgment to me. And so uh, even the heaven and and the earth fled away from the face of him who sat on the throne. This is called the great white throne judgment of God. And I saw the dead. Now here's this resurrection, the second resurrection. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened, and another book was opened. Notice, books and a book. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books, plural. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. Oh, isn't it good to to get rid of death and Hades, the grave and such. This is the second death. Let me read it again, verse 14. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. See, dying physically is the first death. Oh, that's not... That's not bad at all if you know the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But oh, that second death, to be cast in the lake of fire, Mm -mm. this is the second death. And do you remember we read earlier in this chapter, blessed are those who who take part in the first resurrection over which the second death has no power. So if you're part of the first resurrection, oh, may we be part then the second death doesn't have any power over us. We won't be cast in the lake of fire. We won't have to stand at this white throne judgment. We stand in front of the famous seat of Christ to be judged according to rewards, not according to whether or not we're going to be with Jesus forever and ever. By this time, we will have become one with him for over a thousand years. See, So the lake of fire, this is the second death. Listen to this. And anyone not found written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. And anyone not found written in the book of life. So the books that are open are to show evidence of all of the works of rebellion and evil. And thank God for the blood of Jesus, because every one of us have had works that we've done that were of the flesh and carnal and sinful. But the blood of Jesus washes us from those because we repent and because we confess those as sin and we seek to be obedient to God. But, and because of that, praise God, our names are written in the book, the book of life. Notice it doesn't say, and anyone who did anything wrong was cast in the lake of fire. It said, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Oh, may all of our names be in the Lamb's book of life. And may we all never, ever experience this second death because this second death is forever and ever. Lord, I pray that you help us not only to walk in obedience, but Lord, help us to communicate to everyone. Help us to not let any of our family members or any of our friends or anybody that we can get in contact with, help nobody that we can reach to have to go through this second death of the lake of fire. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, 20 chapters down, two more to go. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. 
And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.